the blast from our past network. Folks, this just in. The ongoing comic book discussion podcast confirms comic books are cool. Happy 40th episode! And it's awesome. We're talking about Boba Fett, my favorite character of all time. Oh, man. I thought it was appropriate to do the Boba Fett instead of the Leia Fett. Just kidding. The <laughs> Leia comic because something Boba Fett happened this week. Oh, we were yeah. posting about it. Yeah. Um, Joe Johnston, he was one of, well, he was actually the guy that sort of uh, designed Boba Fett in mm. Empire Strikes Back. Um, and it was his birthday the other day. But he is also a, a pretty big time movie director. He directed the first Captain America movie, the first Avenger. And really? he also, yep, wow. he, and he also directed um, uh, Rocketeer, which is really good on Disney yeah. Plus. That that people kind of they kind of slept on that in the theater, and uh, it's it's actually a really good movie. I, so I really I think people should check that out on Disney Plus. Give that a shot. Um, but he got his start as a designer working at uh, Lucas Arts um, and oh. uh, uh, or ILM, I should say. And you know his kind of forte in the design arena for Empire and everything was more of the, the mechanical stuff, like vehicles mm-hmm. and things like that, um, and then, like, armory type of things. And then, uh, so he designed Boba Fett, and, and Boba Fett at first was going to be all white, and his the intention was that he was going to be, uh, like, another stormtrooper. Like, I was going to say a stormtrooper, yeah. Yeah, he started out as, like, was going to be more of, like, a, a super stormtrooper and, like, oh. like more of, like, an elite-style stormtrooper with a jetpack and everything. Um, so he started out as a super commando, like, uh, an elite stormtrooper. And during the course of, you know, the the pre-production and, you know, putting together Empire Strikes Back, he morphed into a bounty hunter and they kind of kept the the same design. All they did was just paint the armor different colors. Um and side note, the reason it's a bunch of different colors is because he's supposed to have like taken bits and pieces of armor from from other people that he's killed and, you know, as he needs it, you know. So that's why the shoulder pads are yellow the knee pads are yellow it's supposed to be a mishmash of other people's armor um but second side note is that i personally love the what is now lovingly sort of deemed as either super commando boba fett or prototype boba fett and that is the just the all white boba fett and people people now cosplay as all white boba fett and i just think it looks beautiful like strikingly i love that the use of negative space the solid colors and everything and i just think he looks really freaking cool uh and all white but uh but yeah so back to what you're saying joe johnston designed him joe johnston's birthday was earlier this week so you pulled an audible and we were going to do princess leia and you're like nah let's do boba fett i'm like i ain't gonna argue with that logic (laughs) yeah and it's only one issue too so i was done in like 15 minutes i was like okay well yeah, and yeah, it's funny yeah. because I was reading it and I was like, I have no idea what's happening um, the whole time until the last page when he's like, 
you're an imposter. And I was like, oh, that's it. That's the whole story is that there is an imposter Boba Fett. The end. They all lived happily ever after. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> this uh, this comic is uh, called Boba Fett Twin Engines of Destruction. And it was originally created in a, a two-part. Uh, there was a magazine back in the day called Star Wars Insider. And mm. it, it, it this was printed in that uh, over the course of two issues of Star Wars Insider. So it was kind of split in half. And as a kid, I read the hell out of this comic. Uh, sadly, it was misprinted in the in the in the Star Wars Insider. So you had to get kind of you had to finagle it and read it in a different way. So when I finally got this, uh, you know, on on digital form, I've I've had it for a while. But I was like, oh my god, I can actually read it in in the order that it was supposed to come in. Um, mm-hmm. But there's there's a ton of you know, there, there's not a lot of meat on the bones to this issue, but for me personally, as the one sort of Boba Fett story, the main thing that I love about it is the artist's rendering of Boba Fett, and like he does a good job with armor and action and everything. Um, there's a lot of other Boba Fett stories out there, but none of them are really that good to be to be honest with you. Sadly, so you know, it's just I just kind of was like, you know what, this is a fun one. I just want to dive into it. But uh, <laughs> it was it was just not enough meat on the bones for you. Yeah, I was like, and we're done. It's funny because it. I, okay, so there's other Boba Fett comics out there, and I don't know how long they go, but it's just funny because it it adds to what I was saying last week. I don't understand why you guys love him so much but he has such a tiny minuscule role in star mm-hmm. wars especially in the episodes it's like well i mean obviously now that i've watched uh, a chunk of clone wars i'm like oh it's kind of like a very big roundabout um he uh part he's a big roundabout part of it he's like the son he's like the one clone that was not forced to hurry up and grow up or whatever or even just fight in the Clone Wars and uh, he was able to actually have a father and be a person but he is in there so little and the only time we ever really hear him talking is when he's a kid (laughs) in episodes one or two I can't remember Uh, and yeah uh, Attack of the Clones you see him Daniel Logan plays uh, young Boba Fett in that Um, actually there is going to be a lot of Boba Fett stuff in the Clone Wars cartoon. Uh, I think maybe season two or season three. I'm thinking season three. Uh, mm-hmm. So basically, you there's a whole arc with him uh, as a kid um, and and being taught how, how to be a bounty hunter by Aura Singh. And uh, he also has this, a part where he kind of infiltrates a, a bunch of other clones, kid clones, to kind of... Because he's always hunting, trying to hunt down Mace Windu for killing his dad, for cutting his dad's head off. And mm-hmm. Mace Windu was the Jedi played by uh, Samuel Jackson, and he cut he's cut his head off in in Attack of the Clones. Um, so you actually so you will get more Boba Fett backstory uh, as a kid in the Clone Wars, which is which is fun. You know, mm-hmm. for me, I was like, that's you know that's really neat and everything to see sort of where he comes from. Um, but uh, this comic came out like way 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 long ago before I ever ever had the Clone Wars. So right. this was like the the best. Like, sort of, I could even get, you know what I'm saying, right, of right. Boba Fett. Cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, it's That's funny because I was like, I, was, I think that our text the other day was literally like, it's one issue, where are the other ones? And you're like, That's it. And I'm like, Okay. 
And you're like, do you think I can't talk about Boba Fett for an hour? And I was like, you can, but I can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, we can talk about how, uh, how are you liking Clone Wars so far? I like Clone Wars. Um, it's going well. I did one season in a whole week, and that was a lot. So I need to take like a week off. Yeah. Every morning I was like doing three or four. Um, no, it was good. It was good. You warned me against watching seasons one and two, but I wanted to just do it anyway and see what I thought. And I didn't think it was so bad. Ahsoka actually doesn't bother me when she says Sky Guy or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ha Her and her Sky Guy and r 2 and everything. <laughs> yeah, r 2 I think I, I liked her in that. Um, but I think that Anakin's a little bit of a jerk. Actually, I have notes. I made notes. On Clone Wars or Boba Fett? On Clone Wars. Sure, sure. First of all, what is Padme seeing Anakin? I don't get it. I don't get it. He's a jerk. He (laughs) manipulates her. He's a jerk. (laughs) Um, Anakin's love for R2 is really charming. Maybe he'll make a great dad one day. Said no one ever. (laughs) Um, let's see. I love Ahsoka. I wish Anakin would stop being such a hypocrite and not letting her take risks like he does. He takes risks all the time. And then anytime Ahsoka wants to, he's like, you can't do that. And she's like, what? It's kind of like the whole, like, what, uh, do what I say, not what I do uh, philosophy of parenting. Yeah. Yeah. It was really weird. He was just, Anakin, just so annoying. It uh, honestly, like, if anything, Clone Wars really justified why Anakin made the jump to Darth Vader. Like, that made so much sense to me. I was like, oh, because he's a jerk. He's got problems. <laughs> That's funny. I don't, I don't, rem- like, I mean, it's been so long since I've seen season one. Uh, I just, I, I kind of don't put him in that, in that shade, but I, I, yeah. I can see how. They might have written him that way in the first season. Like I said, I don't remember all that well. Um, I I do like Anakin's character in the Clone Wars, but I can't remember how he was exactly in season one. Okay. Yeah. No, he's a jerk in season one. (laughs) Uh, He's a risk taker. And then he's like, no, don't do it. Only I can be the rebel around here. That's what he sounds like. (laughs) Of course. Of course. Yeah. Well, I didn't realize that Palpatine has such a huge role in Clone Wars I just thought he was just a guy. I didn't know that we got to see the progression of him being a, becoming a Sith Lord, which I thought oh, yeah. was really cool. I was like, well, oh. well, I should. Well, he already is Sith a Sith Lord. He already oh. is one. Um, and you're just sort of seeing. Cool. I mean, he's he's oh. Palpatine's Palpatine comes into Phantom Menace as a full on Sith Lord. He just has a disguise yeah. the entire you know movie. Um, same as Attack of the Clones and then in Revenge of the Sith is when the disguise essentially falls. Um, but he's right. he's already been like when you see him in Phantom Menace, he his machinations, he's already been trained. He's already mm. he might even be hundreds of years old at this point. Um, I I have never read the the Darth Sidious or Darth Plagueis novel that people uh, talk about, but uh, I think because it, it gives a backstory on on Sidious and everything. But um yeah he's that's the cool thing about Palpatine is that he's always the bad guy and even at the end of Phantom Menace I was listening to um this uh music breakdown show on on uh, Rebel Force Radio podcast and they had this guy who's like a a composer and he's like he's he talks about at the end of the Phantom Menace there's this celebratory music going on and because you know they all won you know and and Naboo is safe and everything and and Palpatine's saying to Anakin I'm gonna watch your career with much interest but he noted the 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 composer noted 
noted that the music that they play and listen listen to the end celebration in um, Phantom Menace and it's actually a deconstructed Imperial March from uh, Empire Strikes Back and like deconstructed and, and spun around and basically reversed or whatever like whatever George uh, uh, John Williams did but it's basically the Imperial March saying that like hey this is this guy's not who you think it is, you know, and it's like all mm-hmm. these like subtle sort of cues. But that's that's what I love about Palpatine. He's playing the long game. It's the he really l- is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's the yeah. longest game you can of chess you can possibly play. Yeah, every I mean, he's physically getting older. Like even in the Clone Wars, they make him like not just old it looked like his face is melting off and it's like guys how did you not see <laughs> how yeah. did you not see that he's becoming more and more evil <laughs> yeah it's um, cool it's yeah. really cool um now you when was the last time you've you've watched empire strikes back oh probably not since college i mean I, okay two weeks ago but before that uh, not since college right but you watched yes yeah, so you watched it a couple weeks ago and yeah. um you know just to kind of <laughs> go back to twin engines of destruction uh yeah the the cool thing is the the other bounty hunter that boba fett is working with not jodo cast the imposter is mm-hmm. uh dangar um and he is one of the handful of bounty hunters that darth vader is talking to on an empire strikes back where you first meet Boba Fett you see those those like six bounty hunters standing there and uh he doesn't get good screen time but that character is there and uh you know there was a toy of him as a kid and you know that kind of like helped to kind of like oh cool I get to see another of these bounty hunters that looked so freaking cool in Empire Strikes Back actually you know do something and and to answer your earlier question and any question anyone ever asks like why do you love Boba Fett just because he looks so freaking cool you know and even he does I'll give you that he he really does they they paint him really well especially in this comic I was like oh my gosh we're gonna have great Instagram posts from this comic because it's it's great They, they do a great job yeah, and the, like the artist does a great job with action and everything. And even though like a lot of times the stuff, the the cool shots that you're seeing are technically Johto cast, it's mm-hmm. like I mean his armor's the same. You can be like, okay, you can sort of see, okay, that's what Boba Fett would look like, you know, doing X Y Z. You know, um, fu- funny thing is I even have a Johto cast toy in my Boba Fett collection. Uh, they they put one out as a um, Kmart exclusive and. And uh, about uh, remember yeah. Kmart? Yeah, yeah, remember Kmart? Yeah, <laughs> it was about like 13 years ago or something. I was like, oh, Jodo Cast, man, I'll take you, buddy. Even though you know you were an imposter, and uh, he was actually um, there was a, a fighting game on the PlayStation One uh, called uh, Star Wars Masters of Terracasi, and it's as bad as you think it is of having a Star Wars fighting game, you know, kind of like Street Fighter, mm-hmm. like a one-on-one, right? So you can literally have Chewbacca versus Darth Vader, and you're like, okay, well, wouldn't Darth Vader just cut him in half with a lightsaber, yeah. you know? But it's Boo, a fighting game, yeah. yeah. You just and said you just said the the keyword Chewbacca. Oh, we that's got, right. We got- Oh, I totally forgot. We got some fun Chewbacca stuff, but continue your thought. I want to hear the rest of your thought, but yeah, we're going to come back say, around to that. So so Johto Cast was actually a hidden character in that game because you could already play as Boba Fett, so they just kind of, you know, reskinned Boba Fett and made him Johto Cast. And uh, I was like, cool, that's neat. And that's kind of that's kind of all there is of Johto Cast, which is mm-hmm. remarkable that there's even 
even anything outside of this comic book because this comic book, like you said, is just one issue. It's essentially just a one shot. You know, there's really not much happening. But for someone who's like an uber nerd like me, who was just days, you know, years before the internet, just drooling for like desperate for anything, any mm-hmm. kind of Boba Fett thing, you know? And then this comes out, I'm like, holy moly, this is like Boba Fett versus Boba Fett. Like, this is freaking freaking awesome. And, you know, I, I, I only mention artists because the other artist in the Star Wars sort of um, back in the day with Dark Horse, uh, mm-hmm. there was an artist named Cam Kennedy, and he did Dark, uh, Dark Empire and everything. And it's funny because... I consider him an artist that I very much enjoy. I love his artwork. I love his style. I love like everything he does. But I absolutely hate how he draws Boba Fett. And for oh. some reason, Cam Kennedy would always get the Boba Fett stuff. And I was always like, ugh. He, did, he just didn't put as much attention into the to the armor detailing. Like, he got things, like, wrong. Like, he just, you know, was like, I don't care. But whereas this guy, this artist, got every detail right, you know? And I can just, like, stare at the at each panel, you know? And I just mm-hmm. loved his motion, his, his the way he did things, the way he sort of lined up shots, the, the, the smoothness. The only thing that kind of stinks, I think, about it is that the, the coloring was very, so lackluster that it was hard to sort sort of decipher between Jodo cast and and Boba Fett until the end, you know, um, just oh, yeah, because the, the coloring was very like plain, like simple colors, not like a lot of shadowing and stuff. It was you know it was very plain and, and hard to you can miss the fact that Jodo cast's armor is supposed to be more yellow and green, whereas Boba Fett's is more green and red, you know. Yeah, so. I can see that. I even thought like, when was this comic made? It almost looks like. Like a very old school comic, like even the uh, the thought bubbles and everything. They're not bubbles; they're squares. Yeah, and you are correct. It is an older comic. Uh, offhand, I think it's about twenty years old. I'm guessing that's without me uh, looking it up. But off the top of my head, ninety-seven. There you go. So yeah, so this came out the a year after I graduated from high school. Um, yeah, like I, with it's it's it, you know you, you think about it. There's no internet, and like I want to draw Boba Fett only thing I have is any pictures that I got from like, you know, Star Wars Inside magazine, you know, like they would have like, like issues where they just talk about Boba Fett and they'll show like his armor and they'll actually, someone will take pictures of different parts. And before the internet, that was literally the only place you could get any sort of information. And then now, you know, now you have people, fantastic artists doing like fan films of Boba Fett doing stuff. You have people who are in fantastic cosplay doing Mm -hmm. Boba Fett, you know, uh, fan films and you're like okay this is now we live in a great time of 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 love and boba fett love and everything but back then this was the best i could get you know yeah (laughs) and every time i read it it takes me back to that so earlier i did say that i didn't understand why you guys love boba fett so much and that wasn't a dig i was just (laughs) like he's not on screen as much i mean if you're gonna be a star wars fan or you if people ask you what's your favorite character like we did uh two weeks ago now it's gonna be like Leia, Luke, you know, Anakin, whatever. Um, But so Boba Fett, it's like when I realized when I was really paying attention a couple weeks ago and I was like, oh, that's it. That's that's how long he's in. He is a cool character like his um, the the theory or the story of the Mandalorians and how they live their lives and the bounty hunter and uh, a bounty hunter in space. Like what a cool concept. Yeah, it is a really cool concept. And it is cool that like. 
you don't know that much about him, but the pieces about him that are cool, excuse me, the pieces about him that we do know make him cool. Like, mm-hmm. he's a clone, you know, and he's, he's, ex- he's a clone of his father to a T. He is, uh, pieces of his armor are from all of his bounty hunting uh, collections. You he's know, even he, got Wookiee scalps. Uh, those braids that he has on his left uh, oh gosh, like arm, those are those are actually Wookiee scalps. And the idea is that I mean, Wookiees oh are not easy to kill, and the fact that he could actually have like two of them is is kind of like a big deal. Oh, that is a big deal. Oh, you said the uh, the trigger word once again. <laughs> okay, so I can't believe I almost forgot because this is the one thing that I've been so excited about all week. We'll definitely hop back into Boba Fett because I want to go over the summary of the comic so you guys hear it so you know what we're talking about. But uh, this week we asked our viewers to please submit Wookiee impressions via our Instagram and Facebook, and we got 10 wonderful Wookiee impressions and I strung them together for you guys and this is the first time that Corey is hearing them so I'm so excited. Are you ready Corey? Oh I am ready. Okay and here we go. I love the ones that sound like cats, and they're like. <laughs> there was I put like, my favorite one at the end. Yeah, <laughs> there was the like cat. a the third one just sounded like someone like gargling to death. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh, I so wish uh, I wish we got my wife uh, to do it. But the, the yawning? Is, yeah, she can only do it when she's yawning and when she like doesn't think about it. So like you yeah. have to just completely catch her off guard. And uh, even though she jokes about it, she's a little self conscious about it. But uh, she, when she yawns, she's like. <laughs> it, it just picture this little like five foot five you know <laughs> just yelling her. like like a uh, wookie i love it she's got as much hair as a wookie that's for sure <laughs> she on does. Her head. Yeah. Uh, i love that thank you everyone for submitting them please continue to submit them who knows maybe we'll get a collection of 10 you know after another 10 episodes and we'll just put them in well, i don't can, know can i can i can i swing it back around can we uh can we have any boba fett impressions maybe maybe <laughs> we can put uh some boba fett impressions uh, on boba the next fett episode <laughs> put captain solo in the cargo hold he's no good to me dead what if he doesn't Ooh. survive? He's worth a lot to me and so so like seriously <laughs> i have a um uh, so so the Empire Strikes Back that you're watching now and that everyone sees now, uh, uh, I, f- I forgot how to pronounce his name, Ta- Tamaru Morrison. Uh, he played Jango Fett in uh, Attack of the Clones, and then George mm-hmm. Lucas basically had him go re-record all the Boba Fett lines. But I personally love the oh. original guy that did Boba Fett's lines back in, back in you know, 81, 82 when the movie came out. And I have uh, one of those dolls like those like 12 inch dolls and you squeeze his arm and he'll talk 
and yeah, it's a Boba Fett doll, and it's the old voice. It's the original Aww. voice, and that dude's voice is so awesome. It's so, like, gravelly, and it sounds like he's freaking bleeding when he's talking, and it's so <sighs> cool. Not that I have anything, you know, against uh, uh, Tamaru Morrison, but, and I, I think I'm pronouncing his name wrong, and I, I apologize for that, but I have nothing against him. I think, I actually, I'd love him as uh, Jango Fett, and I do like the fact that George Lucas went back and redubbed it, but Boba Fett's original voice was awesome. You know, George Lucas went back and redid a lot of things for Star Wars, which I appreciate zero of them because I think, and it's not that, like, if he did it the first time around, I would appreciate it more. I just don't like when people go back to fix things because it just takes me out of it. I'm like, no, I'm here to watch old school Star Wars. I don't want to see early 2000s CGI. Like, I'm not yeah. I'm not about it. it yeah. You know? No, I unfortunately, I'm with you there. Uh, there are a couple things that he tinkered with that actually turned out well, and you might not even, like, sort of notice them. Um, mm-hmm. but, but I think that the tinkering, there's probably more crappy than than good you know what i mean mm-hmm. um, but yeah. he did he did do a couple things that that were i was like okay that's that's fine you you did fine right there but yeah. <laughs> speaking of the the notorious gl hey if you need a, an ally in in your your fight against boba fett he ain't a fan of boba fett either he doesn't what? know what yeah he doesn't know what the big deal about boba fett is that's wh- why do you think boba fett had such a lame death in return of the jedi because really george did. lucas george <laughs> Lucas did not give a single S about about Boba Fett. He was yeah. like, why are the fans even caring about this guy? And here's oh. what I'm going to do to him. Yeah. Ooh. So as promised, I do want to read the summary of this comic like we sure. usually do. Sure. So that everybody 30 knows. minutes in. <laughs> 30 minutes in. I think you guys should know, just so we uh, keep our promises here at OCD. Okay, so summary here. Boba Fett is the most feared, most respected bounty hunter in the galaxy. He only cares about two things, his money and his reputation. So when he discovers someone has been impersonating him, he decides to teach his inferior doppelganger exactly why he is the most feared, most respected bounty hunter in the galaxy. It's Boba Fett versus Boba Fett. Mm. Written by Andy Mangles, art by John Adu. Nadu, covered by John again, and the publisher is obviously Marvel ninety seven. Well, All right. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Oh, uh, yep. Yep. And oh, uh, no, anything? Any questions? No. 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 It's, it's well, it's published by Marvel now. It was uh, Dark Horse back then, um, but oh. Marvel has Marvel has the rights to Star Wars. Can they now. do that? Can they mm-hmm. garner rights post publish of yep. a comic? Yep. Yep. When uh, when oh. Disney when Disney bought. Uh, Bought the rights to Star Wars from George Lucas. They got all the Dark Horse stuff too, oh. so all those comics too. So I think, I think, I think there's a deal or something, and I, I could be completely wrong. It's just me, like sort of observing, observing yeah. things. But I think that Dark Horse can still publish like omnibuses and put the comics in there. Mm. I think, or they just did a glut of them right before, uh, you know, the, they, they lost the rights. Yeah, and yeah. then like now the now the omnibuses can just sort of sit there and and still be sold, but you can't just. I think you can't just produce new ones. Maybe I'm I'm not sure uh, how, oh. how all that right stuff works. That's that's all crazy. It's um, all legal stuff. People yeah. go to school for a long time to learn that stuff. I don't yep. know. Yep. <laughs> exactly. A long yeah. time to figure out the right stuff. I mean, even uh, even 
today there's a whole hubbub around uh, the rights to the Friday the 13th franchise. And uh, with, with the guy who created the very first movie, Sean Cunningham, he has them mm. all uh, you know, wrapped up in court. And because of it, um, the, the Friday the 13th video game that I play, uh, it's kind of like there was DLC going to come out for it and everything, and they can't do anything until they see what basically happens. So if Sean Cunningham wins the, the, you know, the battle, could see nothing. And that's just, and it makes you wonder, like, how come no one checked that out before they made the video game, you know, to, to figure out yeah. how all this is. But that's just an example of, like, how muddy and murky, like, rights can can get into. And, I mean, nowadays you make a movie and the studio pretty much has all the rights to it. But back in the day, you know, back in the late 70s, I guess Sean Cunningham had some sort of think clause in his uh, contract or something, you know, saying I got the rights to Friday 13th. I, I don't know. But... Oh, you know what I thought you just said? Scary movie for some reason. You said Friday the 13th as in freaking Jason. Yeah. Hello. For some, uh, literally a blip, I was like, scary movie, who cares? Why did I think that? I don't know why. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, Friday the 13th is a big deal. What am I saying? That's a huge deal. Yeah, yeah it's like everywhere. Oh my gosh, of course they're going to fight for the rights. They're always going to fight for the rights. I used to work in clearances for entertainment and people would fight for rights forever and ever and ever. And I did not go to law school for that, but I did a lot of legal things. Yeah. And just the, the, the journeys that they have to take to just get a right to a simple five second clip can be three grand and and your soul you know it's so much goes into it so test this is a this is something that actually came up on on podcasting after dark uh i guess that episode will be out now um the stuff episode um mm-hmm. so zach and i were watching it that movie came out in like 1984 so it was probably filmed in 1983 and in the movie the kid, yeah. it, it, this is like an 80s, a crappy 80s horror movie, right? With, with like a nothing right. budget. In the movie, uh-huh. the kid has um, Return of the Jedi sheets, Return of the Jedi poster, uh, a Mr. T poster, um, all just all kinds of stuff. And then later in the movie, the the stuff is like this, this brand that kills you, um, but people are, are addicted to it. And later in the movie, they have like, they have Pepsi products, they have Coke products, a McDonald's in the shot next to the stuff in the shot. So we, mm-hmm. we didn't know the answer to this. And, and I, I'm not trying to put you on the spot because I don't know if, nope. if you know. Um, did did clearance rights change? Like, have they? You know what I mean? Like, how yeah. did they get away with that back in the '80s? Or are they newer rights now? Like, is it a newer thing having to get clearance for all this stuff now? What year did you say it was? '84. Again? So you got to assume it was filmed in '83. So a long, long time I ago. Mean, clearances and legal stuff because you know everybody's finding new ways to create content there's it's always it's constantly changing so short answer yes but like also short answer they probably licensed all that the the only thing is because star wars was so young then you know as compared to now Mm. it's like whoa there's a star wars poster somebody probably was like yeah sure whatever like it's not that big of a deal right now nobody really cares about it or it's a new movie coming out and we should probably you guys we would love to have advertisement and have it in your movie when it comes to things like products like pepsi and mcdonald's and things like that that is absolutely licensed um that's called uh, two words, product placement. Right. And you usually, I've never dealt with product placement. Um, I worked in reality TV, so we were very careful not to put any products out there because if, you know, you have to have permission in there. Um, 
Yeah, I mean, yeah, it could I've, be. It, I've seen a lot of the reality shows where they've had to blur out the logo on the person's T-shirt and everything like that. Yeah. You wonder, like, why did the line producer even let them wear that T-shirt, or were they assuming yeah. that they were going to get the rights to it, or were they just like, screw it, we will just uh, blur it out later? They, yeah, they usually just blur it out later, which I hate because I was always, I was always the person that had to be like, all right, we got a logo over there, we got a logo over there. Um, uh, I was going to say something else and I just lost my train of thought. But when it comes to that stuff, look how they're lice, how they show the products. Like if they are like, Hey guys, I'm going to try this bottle of Pepsi. Absolutely product placement. Or like if, if you know, they're drinking the bottle and they just pick it up off a desk and it, the Pepsi logo is perfectly facing the camera, hundred percent product placement. If in the scene you saw the poster of star Wars and it was like right behind the kid on his bed talking, let's say, absolutely. They got that license. Um, the, nowadays I hope that producers and directors and things know better than to do that because I mean, I mean, I know that they know, I know that people, especially on like scripted sets and TV shows, yeah. um, I know that they're a lot better on that because they could absolutely a thousand percent be sued lots of money so don't ruin the whole production and everybody else's jobs for the sake of trying to sneak something in or just like because there's there's like there's people on set that have to watch out for those things yeah um, yeah you know that's just an area of entertainment that i just know so much about so i could go on about it but <laughs> and, and i mean in ghostbusters the original ghostbusters is famous for its coca-cola product placement because um coke owned sony studios at the time mm -hmm. so you watch that movie when when peter opens dana's you know um refrigerator coke cans perfectly placed facing oh, yeah. logo out uh you know you go anytime yeah coke, coke everywhere in in ghostbusters and always yeah. uh, uh facing out and it's kind of uh it's famously known uh, that there were kind of like people on set you know basically coke people on set just you know, looking around and just placing Coke cans. Just, whoop, let me oh, put sure. one here. Here's one's here. You know, and I think uh, yeah. even the even the set designer had to be like, no, no, let me get this out of there. You're like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, they're not going to have a Coke can there. Like, you know what I mean? But, yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's the Ghostbusters. Next time you watch Ghostbusters, turn it into a drinking game. And, and, and every yeah. time you see a Coke can, uh, just don't drink a lot because you'll die. Yeah. But uh, <laughs> yeah. it reminds me of, do you remember in the Truman Show where the girl, or the, the wife, she, she'll go, hey, look what I got. I got this that and the other in the way she says it that's very much how they present it and that's right. how you know it's like yeah <laughs> that, thankfully <laughs> thankfully there's no product placement in a galaxy far far away um mm -hmm. but i, I none at funny. all that'd be so silly huh <laughs> and it's funny like i remember a buddy of mine was telling me like 15 years ago or more that he was working with a, a company that was like digitally putting in, um, you know, products into shows like Seinfeld or something, you know, putting them in there uh, because they they saw, you know, commercials, you know, like with DVRs and everything coming uh, coming into more uh, fruition. They saw that people can just skip through the commercials and they're trying to come up with new ways to actually put the products into the, the shows mm -hmm. themselves. And it's like, oh, man, like, the, like, I feel like that's more applicable now in 2020 than it was in like 2005 or something. Now, yeah, there's no commercials anywhere, you know? Yeah, yeah. Because everything it's, is streaming. Yeah, yes, yes, exactly. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Now they have to really rethink everything because nobody wants commercials anymore. So how are they going to get their ad money? That's a good question. Product mm. placement in the actual show itself. 
Right, but that just doesn't that take you out of it? I'm just. Like, I know. I, well, I, yeah, I guess. I guess the art form. I guess the art form is uh, doing it so that you can see it, and it doesn't detract, you know, from from the yeah. from the experience. I guess you know you can say as an artist, you know, someone probably takes pride in that ability. But yeah, we've all seen bad product placement. We've we've, yeah. we've seen it where it's totally. so very very obvious. Oh my gosh, it's actually like a plague in my mind. To have, like sometimes I wish that I could take off my clearance hat, my legal person, like watching a movie or TV show hat because I'll see. Because I have, I had to watch shows and movies, like the same episodes of a reality series, a hundred times to make, like, to watch every single frame. There wasn't anything legal that somebody could sue us for. So, like, if you have me watch a movie, uh, I can keep my mouth shut. But it's pretty. I think it's pretty entertaining because I'll be like, oh no, that's that for that. Oh, that's blurred. Oh, they moved that all the way because of that probably. Oh, they, blah, blah, blah. you know. So it doesn't bother John. He thinks it's funny and he'll see it sometimes and he'll even say it. He'll be like, oh, that's where they did it. Oh, there's a blur. Da da da. But um, sometimes I wish I could take off the hat and be like, okay, we're just we're just we're using our imaginations. There is no there are no legal, there's no Pepsi here. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sit back yeah. and like let it actually wash over you. There yeah. there was only one movie that I can. Re- recall scene where the like a movie like a scripted filmed movie had something blurred in the background and uh, it was like you know from like 1981 or something and I was like oh man did you not get the clearance for that like back in the day and like you're saying like when when it when it's a scripted movie every shot in that in those frames are scrutinized and you have multiple people looking at them like yeah. you got somebody making sure the clock is correct you have someone yeah. making sure that you know all this kind of stuff uh every set dresser you know should have basically gotten the clearance on everything and uh mm-hmm. yeah i was like oh wow that's weird and you never see like something blurred out from like an actual movie itself you know because they've yeah, like you said they've gone through so much to get the the yeah. clearances for everything Oh, yeah. They would probably replace it with something because CGI is so high tech nowadays. Um, how did we get here? <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I don't know, but I mean, honestly, I found it very interesting. Oh, good. Um, okay, good. I hope I, everybody is too. Good. I'm one of those people that I like any kind of insider conversation, mm-hmm. like inside baseball. I don't care if it's about baseball, something I do not care about. I like, you know what I mean? I like hearing stuff that like only the people in that little niche and the more niche, the better, but I like hearing stuff that only people in that niche sort of know. So, I mean, I could, I could listen to you talk about, uh, about clearances for a solid hour. I find it immensely interesting. (laughs) It is really interesting. There's so many, I mean, if anybody's listening and they work in, uh, you know, film or television, you certainly know there are so many politics that happen behind uh, the scenes behind a movie and the reason why it takes so long for things to come out. And it's like, there's like a thousand reasons, you know, there's obviously editing, coloring, sound, you know, just to name like the basics, but the legal part of it, that stuff drags out forever because you really have to start before you even let's say you have a script i had to read scripts when i did scripted clearances i read scripts on their rough 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 draft to flag anything that could potentially be a red flag for clearances and i had to read every single draft and make notes so it's in, like in a in, you, are you, in a script 
Yeah. What would be the indicator? Would it say like the kid is playing with a GI Joe toy, and then you yeah, and you're or or does it say? the kid is playing with an action figure and then you still have to highlight it because you got it. Like we're going to have to get clearance for whatever this action figure is. Or if it says car, even whatever car just says car, you had to make a note that are, we're going to need to get a clearance for Attention. whatever this is. Yeah. Got it. Exactly. Exactly. It's like even like the littlest, tiniest things like, um, she takes a lipstick out of her bag. What kind of lipstick is it? Is it is it going to be a Revlon brand? Um, you know, yeah, Carve, G.I. Joe, uh, you know, all those things. And if it was very something very specific, like we hear a report from CNN. I remember I did a show and they, the the producer, he wanted CNN. He wanted had to be CNN, CNN clip. Yeah. And he, but he told us months before. So we started literally that day when we heard that he wanted CNN. And it took all the way until after filming when they were editing when we finally got it cleared. So it takes a long time yeah. for that stuff. You know? Especially the like quote unquote big time stuff like yeah. big brands. Uh, now I would categorize clearly Star Wars as one of those yes. things. Disney is going to be very very protective of its mm. you know four point five billion dollars that it it spent on that property, and they're not going to let just anybody you know have any sort of willy nilly with it. So I, yeah. that's interesting. I I with the like you having to kind of scrub through a script and and look for anything that could possibly pop up as you know even if it's a comb she pulls a comb out of her, her yep. purse you're like okay but that's great and you, it's it's easy to write that but i gotta mm-hmm. now think of like okay what's you know then then I, I guess it's then what the set designer's job to say hey you know what uh, we don't need to spend a lot of money on on a comb brand. Let's. What is the cheapest comb brand that we could possibly use, and just get yeah. that one, right? Like, like yeah, you or know. you just don't show the brand at all. Oh, you know, okay. like yeah, they'll black out the brand. We'll be like, make sure you don't show the brand on this. But and also like before a set designer even starts designing the set, we have to go through every single art piece with them and contact every single artist, hoping they're alive. <laughs> and oh, if not, oh, so for, find for their art family. too. You mean like so? Yeah. So for like poster art or uh, you know just even just quote unquote art that you put in the bathroom, something mm-hmm. that you would think would be like a set murals. designer would like yeah murals yeah. or something. You would think a set designer mm-hmm. would just go to Target and buy like a piece of art to put it, but no, you have to get clearance from that artist to put that piece of art on camera. It's it's exactly. amazing. It's almost it's almost amazing that any movie gets made period dude dude yes oh my god and and some set designers are so like you don't know me i am a set designer from france and i went to school in belgium i am and i'm like i don't care who you are can you pay for when they sue you for a bazillion dollars for using that piece no okay then you're gonna define another piece of art buddy you know (laughs) why do i have to have this conversation again (laughs) yeah i I imagine and, and i imagine with the rights and stuff uh with with uh creators that are from other countries that it it must be a little bit more difficult to Mm -hmm. kind of navigate those waters because I mean just laws are are different everywhere laws are different up in Canada you know Uh, I just did a uh I just did a, a guest spot on a um uh a YouTube show 
where we eat cereal and smoke, and it's uh, it's called High Spoon. Um, but it was hard finding a cereal that, like, what I wanted here in the States, he couldn't get in Canada. Uh-huh. And yeah. there's actually even like a, a black market uh, for for U.S. cereals in Canada, and it's just because uh-huh. their laws, their their FDA. Well, it's ours is the FDA, but their laws are just so different about what they can eat up there that you know it's just a whole different thing. And yeah. uh, you know, so for like example, uh, he couldn't get Fruity Pebbles, he couldn't get um, Captain Crunch with Crunch Berries, but he could get Captain Crunch. Um, so yeah. yeah, it's just just even that just with food, let alone you know. Um, Oh, shoot, we could talk about the differences between comic books um, in the U.S. and comic books in, like, say, France. Uh, mm-hmm. In France, they, well, they... One's in French, one's in English. <laughs> <laughs> well, they, they don't really have the the monthly structure like we do. Uh, they're they're more saying. about the, the graphic novel thing, where, where they just put it out as one big story, and a lot of times it's in, like, hardback. It's, it's like, sort of prestigious to have a comic yeah. book and everything. It's not like a... It's not like you're watching, following a character every issue every month you get them more in like chunks and everything so it's mm. it's it's cool it's interesting but yeah the whole clearance yeah. thing i find it i find that that stuff very interesting i think it's interesting too that's why i stuck with it for so long it was yeah. like whoa i imagine but, it's uh, fast paced too right like you got to be sort oh of on God. top of it it is it is insane how fast they move because i would do like i think at the end i had six shows at one time I was, and um, that was a lot, a six reality show. So it's like they're constantly on set or they're they're editing or in post-production. It's fun. Like, it's fun. If you love it, like, I love the legal part of it. I love being super detailed and organized anyway. Um, so it was just nice to be like, no, I'm going to go through this frame by frame. And I really got to know the entertainment that was my introduction to entertainment. It, and I was trying to find a door, and I finally found a door, and it was through clearances. And it's because I'm a freaking detailed, you know, perfectionist. And uh, and I was finally able to get in. So I do know a lot from just that clearance job. It's like just learning how it goes, who to talk to, who the hierarchy is. So you never know. And, you know, and this is just for film, but, like, you never know how to make your way in. It's like you gotta try you gotta you gotta try for anything <laughs> any key you can find <laughs> yeah yes i mean i think that's yeah any part of the in the industry um yeah so many people have a hard time breaking into it you know i i know a lot mm-hmm. of people out there that were that were breaking into it and yeah if you can get in through that avenue i i imagine it's actually really beneficial uh, as you know just knowing that aspect of things knowing the the mm-hmm. clearance aspects of things i would imagine would give you a massive leg up on on other even as a producer down the road it helps to know all oh, yeah. that kind of stuff that's the, that's a dream man that's a dream so, so <laughs> is, is that your goal to to be a producer one day i don't know i've been told uh i've been told maybe i should look into that so i'm you know wherever the wind blows honestly i'm just i'm just a content creator you know, that's I just want to make stuff for the world and make good, positive stuff. And uh, that's why I'm here. Nice. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so, yeah. I'm here to talk about Boba Fett. Any, any yeah, Boba I Fett. Can. Right. Yeah. That guy. Yeah. <laughs> that's the dream, man. That's the dream, right? I'm living it. I'm living the dream right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's what you get for giving me one issue comic. We're going to go off on something, something else. Something. Sure. Sure. You know Boba Fett. I know clearances. Here we go. That's right. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I know. I just I wanted a chance to uh, to read it. I I think it's fun. Yeah, I like sure. Twin Engines of Destruction. I it's one of those comics that I reread probably like every six months because it's clearly it's super easy it takes you 15 minutes to get through it mm-hmm. you know it's it's not deep it's not involved but it it's it's a bunch of star wars action and a bunch of like star wars little like easter eggs and stuff uh mm-hmm. like for example i just i love the fact that Jodo cast his his ship like how you know uh, boba fett has slave one he has his uh spaceship and that's a it's a like a fire spray uh class ship that it's been just converted and then i liked how Jodo cast you saw like a couple frames of it but he's flying uh, a tight an, a converted imperial tidarium class shuttle craft which you, you. S- <laughs> which you see in return of the jedi it's the it's the shuttle that luke leia han and and sort of the um the rebels use to get down to endor the forest mm-hmm. moon of endor it's the same shuttle but like Jodo cast made all these modifications on it so as a kid i just i like that kind of stuff i was like ooh, yeah. that's neat and then it helped that the artist really did a good job of of drawing armor if if it was i think it was last issue the Darth Maul issue, where I, I talked about how much I loved the artist, but I did not think he could draw, uh, particularly draw armor that well, um, which was fine in in the Darth Maul comic because mm-hmm. it was mostly non-armored people. You didn't see like a lot of clones in it and stuff. But in the exact opposite of that spectrum, I felt this guy can draw armor really well and he does like very good like sort of body motions in it and i would say his weaker spots are probably drawing actual like people and faces and mm. stuff like that and uh and just little things you know you got to see uh this was again again this was before attack of the clones so you know there's no boba fett's you know the son of jango fett this is all before the prequels ever even came out this is like what two yeah. two years before the prequels even came out and much longer than than you know attack of the clones came out so like there's shots in this where you get to see inside of slave one this is like the most i ever got to see you know like in in him talking to dangar like again that's like oh my god that's so cool like they were together on on you know the when Darth Vader was giving out the assignment to find Han Solo mm-hmm. and the Millennium Falcon and Dengar's there and it's like oh cool these guys like all sort of commingle and and you know interact and you know and this takes place after Return of the Jedi so Boba Fett's got all those scars on him and everything um, and and even when Dengar sent him a message it says from Dengar to Sarlacc food it doesn't say uh, Boba Fett it says Sarlacc food and that's you know him basically making fun of Boba Fett so it just for for me it had just it was it's just oozing oozing boba fett love you know mm-hmm. and and yeah. and i get it I, I i totally totally get it. it there's not much there um to to go with but you know like seeing him shoot the little rockets seeing him like even if it's Jodo cast seeing him just do all these little things you can be like okay that's what boba fett would have he's got these little wrist rockets that have neurotoxin in them you know mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff yeah for a little nerdy kid you know it was it was fun to see and it was the only it was, it's all i had it was all i had you know that I can't stress mm-hmm. that enough <laughs> at the time. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. That's and that's that's what I'm saying. It's the thing about Boba Fett. You only know so much, but you love him for every bit that you know him for. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, cool. So. 
Yeah. Well, we can't have a Star Wars month without a Boba Fett episode. So <laughs> here it is, folks, our Boba Fett episode with some insight, clearance, legal knowledge into entertainment <laughs> because who, whatever, because this is an open platform podcast and I like it that way. So. That's right. <laughs> and I like it that way, too. And I very much enjoy hearing about the clearance. If you want to do a clearance <laughs> podcast, I would definitely <laughs> listen to that. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Uh, I would want to go to legal school for that just to make sure I'm not <laughs> saying the wrong things. But yeah, thanks. Sure. I got all the, the, the legal jargon. So, so Tess, guys. what would you rate this comic on a one to five? I don't. You know what? I am going to pass on rating it this week because and i'll tell you why i did not understand it up until the last couple of pages um i kind of i didn't even skim i read every single word i tried to i tried to figure it out i did not understand it so i don't feel like i can give it a real rating that's i don't i don't want to just be like oh two and a half because i didn't get it because that that's not true i there could be uh, another Corey out there, which there are um, many Corys out there who adore Boba Fett and will be like, oh, my gosh, that girl, she's such a jerk. She doesn't know Boba Fett. And I'm agreeing with you. I don't know Boba Fett. And I didn't understand this comic, but I'm here for Corey's passion for Boba Fett and to support it. <laughs> what about you, pal? <laughs> uh, on a scale of one to five, I give it 10 exploded Johto casts. Ah, okay, very good. Yes. So I'll, I'll, I'll give the, it'll be for there both of go. us. It'll be a culmination there of, of two fives. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, you can have my, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, you take my stars. That's fine. Totally and, fine. And just to wrap it up, and I will be, be on the lookout for this this panel to, to show up on Instagram, but my favorite shot is when uh, he's talking to Dangar in Slave 1, and Dangar's like, oh, you know, those, those scars will probably never go away. No wonder you never show your face. And that one panel where Boba Fett looks over his shoulder with his helmet on, and he says, this is my face. And that is forever. Like, I love that shot. I've, I've posted it on my own personal Instagram, like, years ago. It's just like, I... I want a shirt of that. Like I love mm. that shot. Just him turning cool. over or looking over with his in uh, a great job rendering the helmet, you know, awesome and just him saying this is my face. And that tells you <laughs> everything you need to know about Boba Fett. Yeah. And this and this comic. I mean, the comic is about him protecting his reputation, you know. There's it's a mm -hmm. comic about someone is, you know, using his fame to to make themselves uh bigger, to basically come up and he's like, "No, no. You no, you don't get you didn't earn my reputation. You didn't earn Earn this armor and when he when he's stripping him at the end and I like that I like the idea of you got to earn it man you can't just like jump in and like be like oh I'm, I'm the same level as you and you didn't do any of the groundwork you know and, right. and, and that happens a lot in, in industries different industries like there's this idea that you gotta you know pay your dues and everything and um, you know and in, at least in the bounty hunting profession the whole concept of fake it till you make it doesn't really work because if you're faking it, you're dead. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That'll be my final thoughts. I love it. Awesome. I love it. I'm, I'm sorry, Corey. I, I wish I could be like, yes, and you are right because la, la, la. <laughs> sure. Um, but yeah, I'm just, yep, you are our uh, designated Fetophobe. Fetophile. 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 <laughs> where's where's Robofet, man? <laughs> awesome. Awesome. 
Cool, man. All right. Well, where can we find you on cyberspace? Yeah, buddy. Uh, you can find me talking to our buddy Zach about uh, cult movies on Podcasting After Dark. And like I said, we just released our stuff review. So that kind of gives you an idea of the kind of movies we, we do on that uh, on that podcast. Um, and then uh, Adam and I, you can listen to our pal Adam and me talk about Seinfeld every week on Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are about halfway through season four right now. So we are Ooh. chugging along, having a good old time. And uh, good, yeah. Good. yeah. And uh, Tess, where can we find you out there? Well, I'm just going to plug us. Uh, we are at OCD Podcast on Instagram, and not Instagram. Well, or Instagram, whatever you prefer. Um, and on Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash OCD. And as Corey will always say, if you want to check out our network, check us out at BFOP.com. That is HTTPS nope, nope, nope. colon slash nope. slash. Kidding. It's at BFOP Network. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. As many times as I've had to listen to it. Okay, that is bfopnetwork.com. <laughs> www.bfopnetwork.com. Befop, as Be-fop. Adam would say, and I do not endorse. <laughs> Adam always, <laughs> he always calls it befop. I hate that. So, Adam, if oh. you're listening, befop. <laughs> Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion Podcast. I'm Tess. And I'm Corey. Uh, It's Corey. And we'll see you guys next time. And this is my face. (laughs) How do you do a New Zealand Zealand accent? Oh, you whales. Wait, hold on. Uh, Bob, Boba, get on board. It's got, it's got kind of like a, it's got something like that. Boba, get on board. Boba. (laughs) (laughs) Boba, hey Boba, get on board. (laughs) This has been another episode of ongoing comic book discussion with Tess and Corey. Follow us at OCD Podcast on Instagram and ongoing comic book discussion podcast on Facebook. You can also review us on iTunes, follow us on Spotify, and support us on Patreon. Tune in next week for another episode of Ongoing Comic Book Discussion with Tess and Corey. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.